0: Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, my friends. Let's talk about how to not be preachy in your marketing. Now, I think lots of coaches have the awareness that when they do marketing, when they write copy, when they you know educate their people about the issues they face, and when they offer, you know, when they issue invitations, when they make offers, they have this vague sense that sometimes it comes off as preachy. Or maybe it's not a vague sense. Maybe you have an acute sense, like you know like, "Oh, I know I come across preachy," or people have told me that I come across preachy. I want to fix it, but I'm not sure how. This episode is for you. If you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know, I've never really thought about it. Am I being preachy? Well, I'm going to explain how to know. (laughs) So let's go. Before I talk about how to recognize if you're being preachy and how to not be preachy, I want to talk first about why shouldn't you be preachy, right? After all, we're life coaches. We have wisdom, we have answers, we have tools, we have resources. We can help so many people, so why shouldn't we feel a little preachy? I want to address that first. This might be a question that's obvious to so many people, but I do want to intentionally think about it. One of the most obvious answers as to why not to be preachy is that just to be on the receiving side, it doesn't feel all that great to be preached to right? When I am talking to somebody and when I have a sense that somebody's preaching at me, I'm most likely to tune them out. That means if you are talking to your audience or your clients and they sense a preaching is coming from you, you're less likely to get them to do what you want, which is for them to create positive change for themselves or sign up for your offer or both, right? Even getting out of the realm of business if you want them to like step up in their activism, right? You should recycle more. You should like care, you know, take action towards anti-racism, like activism stuff. And you're preaching at them. You're probably not going to be as successful at getting them to change their thoughts and behavior as you could be. Preaching at somebody is almost guaranteed to trigger their resistance. That means you're a lot less likely to cultivate trust. So. Therefore, it is not desirable to be preachy if you want to powerfully and effectively compel people to take different action. So how can you even tell if you are being preachy? (laughs) Let's talk about that. I think that most of the time, most of us who get preachy once in a while, we don't intend to be that, right? We just think that we can help and we're dying to help because we love helping and that's great. But here's some ways to tell if you're even accidentally giving off a preachy energy in your marketing. One is if you notice yourself getting into kind of a convincing energy with your marketing. In your mind, right? You're not like, oh, I'm going to go convince them. It's like you keep trying to like overcome their objections. You keep trying to get them to see their blind spots in your copywriting, right? You keep trying to explain in all these drawn-out ways why they should want to work with you, why they're approaching their goal in the wrong way, why you have the right way, and why they should see that, why they should understand that, da da da, da right? If you get frustrated and overwhelmed thinking about all the things that your audience doesn't know that they should know, Right, Like, oh, they should know that losing weight is not just about counting calories. They should know that to be get rid of their anxiety, they need to think about things in this way. Like, they should. Like, oh, my gosh, there's so many things they need to understand before they even can realize they need coaching and that they should hire me. Oh, my gosh, how can I ever going to be able to teach them all the things I need to know? How am I going to fill all of their blind spots enough for them to have the correct kind of awareness, about their issue and how it can be better so they can buy coaching. How can I get them to stop thinking in ways that don't serve them so they can finally see the light and see that my offer, coaching, is the answer, right? Like, how can I get them to? Do you see the pattern of these questions? Like, how can I get them to? How can I get them to see? How can I get them to know? How can I get them to understand? All these thoughts are coming from stress, these thoughts are stressful. Convincing other people is stressful. Convincing is more of, a, of an energy and an attitude than exact words. Like no matter what you say, if you feel this layer of convincing frustration underneath, you know that you're in a bit of a preachy energy and you're going to feel it in your body before you like notice in your in your mind. When you actually pause to feel what it feels like in your body when you're doing that, when you're thinking about how to do that, when you're talking to somebody and you're doing that, what it's going to feel like most likely is there's going to be a tenseness. You're going to feel tense. You're going to feel closed off, a little heavy, constricted. Ask me how I know. (laughs) I spent a lot of time here. When you're trying to convince somebody, the underlying assumption, here's why it's stressful. The underlying assumption is that you know better And that they need to be cajoled and lured and taught and coaxed into seeing the light and to doing things a different way. Do you see the subtle presence of a hierarchy here? The subtle energy of domination and control. Those are the constants when you are being preachy, when you're being convincing. It's like, I know better than you. I am a little bit higher in a, I'm occupying a little bit of a higher plane when it comes to this, and I know what you should do and how you should do it. That's an energy of domination and control. Now, here's the interesting kind of tricksy thing when we're talking about the kind of work that we do as life coaches because this is totally how I used to think in, in the past. I if somebody would have told me something like this before years ago, I think I would have totally said but I do know what they should do. (laughs) They totally need to know what I know. They don't know and they're suffering. I want them to feel better, so they should know what I know, right? Like, I thought this for the longest time. I felt very frustrated about the ignorance of so many people. If only they could just know what I know and do what I say. They'll be so much happier, right? Like, lots of coaches. Like, they should exercise. They should Want more for their lives. They should speak out more about racism. They should tell their aunt to fuck off. They should want to make more money. They should manage their emotions. They should prioritize themselves, right? For all the content that I've created, all the offers I made, they should hire me already. They should sign up for my offer if they said that my free training changed their lives. Why aren't you signing up? They should. Now they see the value of it. They should be willing to invest in themselves. They should know that their suffering is optional. They should want to learn what I have so their lives can be better. It's all for them. They should. For them. Right? <laughs> I just got really yelly because... That's how emphatic, emphatically I used to feel when I used to believe in all of these shoulds. If only everyone in the world did exactly what I want them to do, what a beautiful ideal world it would be. If only people cared about the things that I think they should care about and knew the things that I want them to know, they would have, they would be so happy, right? Oh, I suffered from the God complex for the longest time, and sometimes I still do. As somebody with a lot of strong opinions, no small inclination towards righteousness, I truly, truly get where this kind of sentiment comes from, and it's a good place that it comes from. We mean well, right? We really do. I have always meant so well, but then I ran into some walls of frustration. And like I said in the beginning, preachiness doesn't work. It's not as effective as so many other ways to communicate. And the reason is that this attitude of, I know better, they should, let me teach you, preachy, that whole thing, it comes from a spirit of domination and control. And we don't, nobody wants to be dominated or controlled, except in a sexy way with consent. (laughs) This is why you know, outside of the bedroom, (laughs) we are instinctively repelled by other people who think they know better than us. It's like whenever somebody tries to like preach at us, we're like, you don't like, you don't know what's best for you. I do. Like, you don't know how to do this, right? I do. It'd be best if you listen to me and do what I say. Like anybody who's on the receiving end of that does not feel good. I know better than you, therefore you should is a position of power over as opposed to collaboration with. I want to say that again. It's a position of having power over somebody else as opposed to being in collaboration with them. Collaboration with means that you are you're marketing in that way, it means you are issuing. An invitation that is based on their desire and their consent. Their desire means you're not trying to get people to want what's best for them. You're talking to people who already want the same thing you want and you're inviting them into the recognition of that commonality. So think, let's think about this really quickly. Whatever you help people with, if you're a coach, right? You Think about what it means for you and your practice when I say you want to talk to people who already want what you want. What is that for you? I just want you to know that in your mind, like make a note of it right now. What's the common thing that you and the client both want? That's what desire means, that you're anchoring into their desire and you're operating only with their desire. You're not trying to create implant desire where there is none. You're talking to people who already have it right? So the first thing is desire. And the second thing is their consent. Their consent means you're not trying to drag them into the light. They're the ones who want to go. When you say, hey, look over there. Do you want to go? And they're like, yes, let's go. I want to, right? You, I, you have my consent to take me there. I'm interested. Tell me more. And when you know that one, the desire is coming from them. And two, you have consent to take them there. And when you're in the spirit of collaboration that way, you are creating marketing from what I think of as allyhood. The opposite of preachiness and self-righteousness is allyhood. Allyhood is not, I know better than you. Allyhood is not, if you could only do what I'm saying, you'll be so much better off. Allyhood is not, what you know isn't enough. It's not right. And you need me to fill in the gap. You're welcome. That's not allyhood. Allyhood is I am powerful and so are you. You, we share a goal. We, and we share values and we share priorities. Let me invite you into what I think is a really fun and effective way to get to where we both want to go, I think you're going to love it. That's an invitation based on allyhood as opposed to marketing that is preachy, that is based on a spirit of domination and control. Allyhood is a position of equality. When you teach, coach, and make offers from a position of allyhood, That is you stepping up to contribute insights, wisdom, tools, resources, as an equal, not as a superior who is dictating the direction of what they should do and how they should do it. You're positioning yourself as a member of the same team that they're in. Someone who wants the same thing that they want. Someone who just happens to have resources that can make the other person's journey easier or help them to get to where they want to go faster contemplate just how different it sounds, how different it feels when I say, you should do this, that's going to be better for you, versus if you're into this, if you're aligned with this, here's an invitation. Please come, I'd love to have you. If you want to see a concrete example of collaborative, allyhood-based, non-preachy marketing, well, you're listening to it. (laughs) I definitely do this whole podcast in that spirit. And everything I write, everything I contribute towards my people by way of marketing, exact same thing. Like if you're listening to this podcast, I love you. I care about you. I know you. And I know that we have so much in common. And I know that you're like a listener that has never, like most likely personally never met me. But if you're into this podcast, I know that we have so much in common. We have so many values in common. I know also that you're weird enough to be into my specific type of weird. I'm kind of a weird person. And you're like, I'm into that, right? Like we're allies. (laughs) And from that spirit of allyship, I'm contributing what I know in hopes that it'll be helpful to you. Right? And I hope you feel it. I know that you do feel it. Many listeners of the show tell me that they feel it. They, I mean, they don't say like, I feel your allyhood. It's not like that. But they do say, every time I listen to your podcast, I feel so encouraged. I feel so seen. I feel empowered. And even when you're like calling me out a little bit, even when I listen to something you say and it's like, ouch, that hurts. Or you know, even when you're like laying down the law, I can feel that you're on my side and that it's coming from love and respect, not from a place of like preaching from a pedestal. And I get these responses from people all the time because I truly genuinely think of you and the relationship that you and I have with you being my listener in these terms. You can also look at any copy I write, any of my sales pages, anything that I create, these are all examples of non-preaching marketing. Now, really important fine point here, being an ally or positioning yourself as an equal and inviting collaboration as opposed to having power over to control, inculcate, dictate, does not mean that you also can't be very powerful and assertive. If you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you get to know me as a coach or teacher and in any kind of capacity, it gets pretty obvious pretty fast that I'm kind of a bossy person. I have a lot of strong opinions. I'm not exactly subtle about what I believe in and what I champion. And that's because... I don't believe that championing my ideas and offers and the transformation that I believe in has anything to do with me exercising power or superiority over you. I do not need to know better than you or to be superior to you or to feel qualified to dictate how you should live in order to fully champion what I care about and what I believe in. So my assertiveness, my power, my conviction, it comes from how deeply I believe in my ideas and it's that internal relationship between my ideas and my offers as opposed to that coming from me trying to dominate you. So by all means, please be powerful, step out and be assertive. Take action from your deep conviction. Invite your audience, your clients unequivocally into... The journey that you believe in, that you want them to take them on, you want to take them on (laughs) and know that there's a huge energetic difference between being a safe and attractive place for people to land who want to go with you versus wanting to control what they should want, what they should do. That is The difference between like control and domination and allyhood is a difference between marketing that comes off preachy and marketing that truly comes off like, wow, this person sees me, they get me, and it feels amazing and empowering to be here with them. And when you're there, of course- they're more likely to buy from you they're more likely to follow you they're more likely to trust you to refer them to the to refer you to their friends etc cetera, etc cetera. i hope that all of this is clarifying and helpful so many coaches have amazing coaching skills and beautiful hearts beautiful intentions to help their clients create their best lives if you're listening to this that's most likely you too What I know for sure is that when I went from a preachy, subtly domineering, convincing, you should, I know what's best for you, it's for your own good kind of energy, to a true relationship of respectful, loving, consent-based, mutual desire-based allyhood with my people, and I started doing marketing that way, everything changed. And by the way, if you're wondering, oh, does all of this apply exactly to activism? The answer is fuck yes all of it Activism marketing it's the same thing except apply to different things it's the same principles of influencing other people to take different action, right? So ever since I made that change, I consistently got way more interest, way more high quality communication with my people, way more sales. And honestly the most important thing is I have way more fun with my business and I feel way more peace. I feel way more in my element. It feels a lot better to be an ally than to be on a pedestal preaching. And that's what I wish for you. All right, my friends, my allies, thank you for listening. And thank you for all that you contribute to the world just by being a life coach. We are going to constantly work together to get even better and better at what we do together. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye.